Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. Hello, welcome to episode number nine of Broken Records, the search for the worst album ever made podcast as part of the Riot Act Network. My name is Stephen Hill, joined as ever by Mr. Renfrey Deadman. Hello, Renfrey. Oh dear, hello, Renfrey. Hello, me. Mm. Hello, you. Mm. How are you doing? Uh, I feel a bit, bit dirty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's get into this straight away, I guess. We, on this show, Broken Records, attempt to find the worst album ever made. Mm. Albums can be put on this list and into this show for consideration due to many, many different reasons. It isn't our own personal dislike of an artist or an album. It is due to the reviews it got. The fan consensus, the band hating it, the band behaving quite badly, um, what it inspired. There are many reasons that it can be on there. Unfortunately, sometimes things that get on this list are on this list because they are kind of gross, kind of actually morally reprehensible. And I think today, if I remember rightly, we did have to wade through the muck to talk about Slick Dogs and Ponies, the third studio album from the American garage rock band Louis the Fourteenth. This was initially this podcast, just a segment on Riot Act, our, our weekly review show, um, which aired on the eighth of May, twenty twenty. It's on episode ninety two. If you want to check out the entire podcast for yourself, um, this is a pretty rank record. Just a little heads up uh we found some quite grotty shit surrounding it which you're about to hear i I think that's kind of enough of a warning for Mm, people isn't mm. it oh yeah yeah believe me if you're if you're um if you have any sensitive uh dispositions towards that sort of thing maybe give this one a little skip because it's not pleasant at all yeah it's not great this um so anyway we had to do it because it genuinely does belong on any list of the worst albums ever made. Here's us talking about Slick Dogs and Ponies by Louis the Fourteenth. Yuck. Let me just run down what we have in our search for the worst album ever made. In descending order so far from the eight albums that have been placed into our list, we have Bob Dylan at number eight, Lou Reed at number seven, The Enemy at number six, Dirty Vegas at number five, Viva Brother at number four, uh, Queen and Paul Rogers or B Dop and the Pervy Man, as I <laughs> as I as I called them to you earlier uh, that you liked. Uh, Eogan Quig and is number two, and still clinging desperately onto number one, uh, like that bit of shit in the back of the toilet that you just can't get rid of. Um, it's six feet under. Graveyard Classics Volume Two. Paint a picture. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible, though, but it is it's horrible like that um this week on broken records we go to to 2008 to choo 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 2008 
January the 18th, 2008, to be exact, for the third album by US garage rockers Louis the 14th. Um, just a little bit of background on Louis the 14th. Louis the 14th are a band who come from San Diego, California. Uh, they formed in 2003. And almost immediately, literally within a year, uh, they were a big bloody deal because. Um, I'm all, and I'm always skeptical of bands like this. Uh, when that kind of hipster return to proper, proper rock and roll shit was happening in the early part of the noughties, for me, there were two types of bands. There were those that I liked and that I felt had a genuine kind of kinship with rock music and, and really longed to make interesting, forward-thinking rock music with a nod and a twist to its past. So I'm thinking of bands like White Stripes, The Hives, The Darkness, the Datsuns, Winnebago, Dill. And then there were these chances that would have been in a new metal band or a Britpop band or a grunge band if the era was right. So Jet, the Von Bondies, Tower of London, the Vines. And I always had Louis Fourteenth pegged as one of them, even though they had the patronage of Josh Homme uh, and Brodie Dahl. Um, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Early on in their career, they got Jonathan Ross um, to... They, blagged their way onto the Jonathan Ross show. Zane Lowe played them quite a lot. Um, uh, they opened for the Killers a whole bunch mm-hmm. of times, which sort of confirmed my suspicions. Um, and in 2007, only, you know, four years after they formed, David Bowie, David fucking Bowie, was saying that they that they were one of his favourite bands in the world. Fine. Ah, okay. I mean, I still avoided them like the plague. I mean, I was getting into Behemoth at the time, so of course I did. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was something about them that always felt a bit enemy, always felt a bit try hard to me, even from the very, very, very little that I knew. Um, I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. I'm just going to jump in super quickly and admit that I knew nothing about this band. Um, And actually you've put things into a bit more context for me uh, in understanding why this album was received in the manner that it was. Um, Generally negative reviews, a score of 37 on Metacritic, uh, which isn't great. Um, Also a pretty huge drop from their previous album, The Best Little Secrets Are Kept, which had a perfectly respectable score of 62. I mean, not not mind-blowing, but like 62 is all right. So yeah, so Louis XIV, one of those bands I just looked at and I thought, I don't trust them. Right. I I just don't trust them. And I couldn't ever quite put my finger, there's no reason for that other than I just was like, I don't trust him. And I remembered that as I was doing the sort of research for all of this, right? And there's a piece on their Wikipedia page entitled Controversy. And under the piece saying Controversy, there is a um, there is a, a quote from Jason Hill, who is their vocalist and guitarist. He also plays pace, uh, bass and piano for them yeah, as well. Uh, he's kind of the multi-instrumentalist guy. Yeah. And it says this. It says, Hoover, Alabama banned us. We weren't allowed to perform in the city at the time. I have no idea why. We first found out about it on CNN the night before the VMAs in Miami. We still got paid to play the show and we just hung out in Miami another day. We needed a break anyway. 
It was really very idiotic. I thought I've been called a sexist and a male chauvinist. There was a really great article in the San Francisco paper, The Guardian, which was called 10 Reasons Why You Should Not Like Louis Fourteenth. It was one of my favourite articles I've ever read about us, as it was all about the music being some of the best of the last 20 years, but that we were irresponsible morally, so everyone should avoid us. It's so far from the truth, but I've even been called a racist when I use the terms chocolate girl and vanilla girl. I was being playful, but in some way, Ways, the most negative press can also be the biggest compliment <laughs> i love negative press that paints me in an inaccurate light it's the best no i do i love it no good i love it and that's when it clicked for me Renfrew. i thought yes that's why isn't it that's why i don't like the way i just had the suspicion that that was part of their psyche oh no good good i'm glad we get no i like being told that i'm a racist when i'm not <laughs> you don't get it like come on it's um, that pretty pathetic attitude of kind of like um well you just don't understand man um yeah. because i'm so much more artistic and uh brilliant than you will ever realize i mean undoubtedly all of that is here uh, but mm. then it's there in lots of bands isn't it it is but so the whole kind of that proper a bit like we talked with the enemy and um and and viva brother that kind of whole proper rock thing started kind of dying out and this record was released so i think this record being born into you know 2008 is probably not the best time for that record to be coming out so whilst they were doing a lot of shows with the killers and many bands that we would have covered as i just mentioned those that we covered in this segment segment they split um very soon after this record was released to um like many of the bands that we talk about uh, that they split quite soon afterwards um just after this record was released which is which is weird isn't it it's almost like the negative press did affect them after all and that and the, they did care about the press and they just couldn't be bothered to go through any kind of rough periods in their career at all that's funny isn't it because they're just saying how you don't really you love the negative press and then when you get it and it all goes tits up you just give up hmm. i mean it, it it does feel like that uh maybe the man doth protest too much uh when yeah. he's talking about the negative press yes i i absolutely yeah. uh i i can't disagree with anything that you're saying so far absolutely not. so i think that's quite interesting um uh, let's get to the the reviews as you said it's got 37 uh, out of 100 is its kind of metacritic score which you know it, it's not as bad as some of the others that we've reviewed a lot of that i think goes down to the fact that it got three and a half in rolling stone i, I can't find the review i presumably they've deleted it because they're embarrassed but um just on that note it's really difficult to find reviews of this album it's almost as if there was a campaign by the band or the mat or the label or something to get rid of them <laughs> yeah yeah speculation um (laughs) slant magazine hammered it they called it soulless to the core in their one out of five review um uh there is also a um uh, an interview on pop matters uh where again they absolutely slammed it it said brian karsig the singer on louis 14th uh the singer on a louis 14th song always sounds like he's about to sneeze somebody please <laughs> teach louis 14th how to play welcome to the jungle banish them into the fraternity party circuit where they might actually be appreciated and uh finish off by saying they have a considerable amount of work to do for listeners to regard them as anything more than aimless glam rock fetishists uh pitchfork gave it two out of ten and i think this is where uh somebody really hits home as to why this record is here i think it it opens up by saying 
I don't know if anyone knows this yet. It may not even be on Wikipedia, but Louis XIV loved to fuck and apparently they often do so. Just listen to their music or read their lyrics or look at their album art, watch their videos, play their records in reverse, expose their press release to an ultraviolet light source, or, well, you get the point. Oh, yeah, they occasionally play rock and roll, which I hear is this style of music with an accentuated backbeat or whatever, but that's only really to receive inspiration to fuck more. Sadly, while while more... Wa- uh, Walmart and Christian censor groups will bristle at these obscene sounds and images. There's really nothing uniquely shocking about Louis XIV, just disgusting or even worse, plain dull. If they really wanted to ruffle feathers, they'd be championing ideas like global warming is a myth, not graphic but predictable sex romps, or even the half-assed Iraq war rants on free won't be what it used to be. <laughs> And a quote from the lyrics, march out, soldier, the bugle calls. Louis XIV only give you testosterone fueled rock at its least appealing extremes. Heedless lust or arguably even more repulsive cheesy balladry. And I think that's the problem with this record, isn't it? It's just a boring, smutty piece of shit that's aged (laughs) really badly. Um, I don't strictly disagree with that. Um... I think, uh, uh, just to pop back to the Pop Matters thing um, briefly, I read uh, a a review on Pop Matters and you mentioned it there where they were called glam rock revivalists. Musically, this isn't glam rock, is it? Mm, No. I'm completely bemused by that, I have to say. And, And whilst I agreed with a lot of what the Pop Matters review was saying, there was a lot of sentences like that where I was like, glam rock? What are you talking about? <laughs> this is um more oh this is more indie, but with I mean this particular record has shitloads of strings all over it. Um quite well done strings, to be totally honest. Yeah. Um I also I mean you sort of um refer to it there as uh, boring or turgid. Um yes, it is boring and turgid. I don't it it kept my interest. I'm talking purely musically here because we'll get onto the lyrical content in a bit. Musically, mm. it kept my interest more than, say, The Enemy or Fever Brother or yep. Dirty Vegas, which is, I think, are the three bands which are most comparable uh, that mm. we've had in Broken Records so far. Musically, I think it was um, better than all three of those, to be totally yeah, honest. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's not good, I don't think. But no. it's not the levels of bad that it really needs to be musically. I mean, there's yes. a song in it called Hope Sick, which is actually quite good. It's actually quite a good song. Hope, I mean, there's... Yeah. Yeah. Mm, it's weird, isn't it? Hope Sick. So yeah. like, Hope Sick, it's, it's penultimate song on the record. So it comes really far into this album. Is it a 14 track record? It's quite, it's quite long. It's 12, I think. It's only 12. It felt 14. Um, oh, it's 11. Oh, fuck it out. <laughs> okay, so it's tracked down on the record. Um, and yeah, musically, um, it's quite interesting and quite good. It had a, it, it has the kind of gravitas attached to it that a song like The Drugs Don't Work has. Mm. And I think there are comparisons to be made there. I don't think it's as good, but I think there are comparisons right. made. Let's not forget, I mean, The Drugs Don't Work is a song reportedly written about Richard Ashcroft's dying father-in-law and the medication used to try and keep him alive. So a genuinely, like, uh, traumatic, difficult experience to sing about and something that, you know, you should sing about 
shifting about something that deserves that gravitas is what i'm trying to say the lyrics for um hope sick star i need sleep i need love i need fun i need girls i need sun i need hope i need help i need dope i need her i need it i can't run i can't sit i got pain i got pain i got pain Hmm. and when you put those lyrics to a song that 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 has that much gravitas in the same respect as a dope the drugs don't work you know that beautiful sort of string ballady type thing it's really weird how the lyrics do not match up with i mean i don't think i don't think this band are capable of writing lyrics which are actually meaningful in any way shape or form but it was such an odd juxtaposition for me. I understand mm. what you're saying. I think musically the song's okay, mm. but such a weird kind of like po-faced GCSE writing, like writing scribbles in their notebook and thinking, yeah, this is real pain kind of thing. Mm. I mean, it's not really that rock and roll, really. This record is pretty no. crap. I mean, free. They mentioned in the, one of the reviews, free won't. Uh, free won't be what it used to be which obviously is trying to ape kind of sergeant pepper's era beatles mm-hmm. um to kind of to hilariously poor effect let's say mm-hmm. i mean again i appreciate the fact that they're not as one-dimensional as a band like i don't know jet right no? yeah musically yeah, yeah. that it's not musically this is it's not a disaster uh it's far from a disaster actually mm. it's it, it's it's not you know like you say the enemy is well boring fever brother is just cloying and fucking and mm. like musically it's fucking annoying but yeah it is it is the lyrics to a song like sometimes you just want to mm. um which i've got in front of me here well you won't stop talking when i'm trying to bang your friend but i love you so much i'll wait until the end you keep nagging me don't stop until you scream because lovely little girls aren't always what they seem Ugh. it's considerate of him to wait till the end though in that second line yeah i mean that's a joke i know yeah <laughs> I, I, I was more it. concerned about the listeners <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah um it's really horrible it's rubbish it's fucking awful fucking awful but here's the thing it reminded no, no, before I go into this, I want to be really fucking clear that I'm not defending the lyrics on this record because they are abysmal and they come from a dreadful mm. place. Reminded me of Robin Thicke and Blurred yeah. Lines and the Blurred Lines controversy. Uh, horribly misogynistic lyrics, dreadful song. Um, the album, which is also called Blurred Lines, has a song on it called. Uh, I mean, all it's similar. I've not listened to it because why the fuck would I waste my time doing that? I saw um, Robin Thicke supporting Maroon Five. Oh, lucky you! How was Just that? Just to throw that hellish experience <laughs> in there. Um, it was. Well, I wasn't really paying attention to anything. That really, sounds like so. a dreadful night. That sounds like an yeah, awful night. Yeah, was that an ex? Well, I've told that was when I said that I was dating a girl. I was like, yeah, oh, you yeah. you like rock music? I've got tickets for Maroon Five, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, who are you gonna take? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a song on Blurred Lines. It, I mean, if you need more examples of why Blurred Lines as an album is horrendous, there's a song called "Give It to You," which has the line, "I've got a big dick for you," which is nice. Um, <laughs> but. That's rub. I mean, that is so rubbish. Oh, it's I got, tr- big, I got a big, 
Hello, Dad. I've got a big dick for you. You, you order it. Can you sign for it? Fuck it's, off. It's lyrics taken from a Tinder conversation. It's fucking awful. Um, but uh, not my Tinder conversations, to be super clear. Just to say, who's messaging you that? <laughs> I need to look at my settings. I really need to figure that out. Um, no, I don't. So I don't want to defend a reprehensible prick like Robin Thicke here. But. So don't. I'm not going to, but if you look at the reviews for the album, this is me, this is me having a go at the press again. If you look at the reviews for Blurred Lines... 8 out of 10 in Metal Hammer? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it has surprisingly mixed reviews. Um, it's got a score of 59 on Metacritic, which is, yeah, again, not not out of this world amazing, but surprising, no? Considering the, the, the controversy that... that um, and there are, some, there are some scores on it which are really quite positive. I mean, um, AV Club gave it a B plus, A out of 10 on Spin, A out of 10 on Exclaim, Billboard. Billboard, in a 3.5 out of 5 review, even went on to say, regarding the Blurred Line song, Thick leads with the reigning number one song that placed him in the worldwide spotlight this year. Its video was criticised for being demeaning towards women. Uh, but you'd be hard-pressed to find a critic with ill will towards the song itself. Well, hello, you found one, because it's fucking dreadful. You found um, even, two, actually. Like, you found, found two, two, yeah. Even, even, even putting aside the awful lyrics, just for just for a millisecond, that song is fucking dreadful. Oh, yeah, it's crap. Um, but, but add the lyrics on top of it, and it's abhorrent or awful. I suppose the only point I'm making is, you know, as far as the press is concerned... Why did they tear this apart for lyrics which, whilst bad, and they are bad um, and reprehensible, I don't think they're as reprehensible as anything on the Robin Thicke record. Um, and why does Robin Thicke sort of get a pass? Because it wasn't it wasn't the press that ended up having a massive go at Robin Thicke and him disappearing as a result of that Blurred Lines thing. It was um, the public. Different type of music, isn't it? completely yeah. different type of music and a completely different time 2008 and 2013 i mean you'd think 2013 people would be a bit more I, open to and, and i think I, it doesn't but, help that i mean i was about to say i, I think it doesn't help that louis ck were louis ck i'm fucking now that's freudian <laughs> um louis the 14th were on the way down yeah 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 i mean any I was excuse thinking... when a band's on the way down, whereas robin thick was on his way up yeah. Do you know what I mean? He was a yeah. big, but the, the, lots of, you know, it's a different type of music and it's somebody who is on the ascent rather than somebody who's on the descent. That type of music's on the descent and that band are on the descent. So, um, I mean, this is one people might, yeah, I mean, it's one of those, I'm a long been a kind of, you got to separate the art from the artist sort of thing. But I mean, when this is the art, yeah, <laughs> it's quite exactly, difficult exactly. to do yeah, that, yeah. isn't it? Oh, it is course, quite yeah. difficult yeah. to do that. I mean, there's a yeah. song... He, he, we were talking the other week about um, uh, songs in the third person and writing from a different perspective and how that's all right. Yes, but when yes. you write lyrics like that, um, seemingly with, you know, no irony or no um, kind of ulterior motive other than to just show how, you know, how hairy your testicles are, uh, it is quite sort of damning to then have a song like Stalker um on this record it says because i'm loose slide a knife through back door locked bolt through sleeping softly holding pillows tightly in your arms i sneak up without a sound down the hall to your bedroom twist a knob stand above you as you lay there in your bed now 
blimey, in that the is quite hand, bad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. In, <laughs> that the, in the hands um, of. Uh, I mean, I don't think he would do this, but in the hands of Trent Reznor, mm. for example, just as somebody off the top of my head, in the hands of Trent Reznor, you could see, or Dave Gahan from Depeche Mode, you could go, this is somebody writing about the the thought process of a criminally deranged terrible person yeah and they would probably they're writing it from a third person perspective yeah Yeah. and they would probably write some sort of music that is completely different to the rest of that record to show to indicate that Mm. this is not this is not me this is not what i think this is not my perspective this is i wanted to write a song to show people how vile the mind of somebody like that is yeah in the hands of Louis the Fourteenth, who, as we've already discussed, aren't really capable, although they are capable of the, the tropes of big rock songs. And uh, yes, we know we've heard Sergeant Pepper, and we know that you need an orchestra. And da 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 da. And in amongst you know the the shit on this record, like fucking guilt by association and Tina and mm. swarming mm. of the bee and misguided yeah. sheep and stuff like that. That song just sounds like a fucking rapist mm, yeah do you know what i mean it just well like, sorry to be incredibly blunt about it but it just sounds like that's what you want to do well there's nothing yeah i'm I, just just to emphasize your point there's nothing on this record to indicate whatsoever that it is from a third person perspective there's nothing on here to indicate this feels very first person perspective this very much feels to to be honest i think the lyrics are so dumb on this record i'm not sure if they even are capable of writing from the perspective of someone else (laughs) you know i don't think they probably have it in them to do that um whereas there are some artists where it's far more apparent that it is clearly a third person narrative that they're that they're writing from Mm. i mean to reiterate the lyrics on here are fucking abhorrent and rubbish and awful i just wanted to point out that seeming hypocrisy uh because you know as you say yeah it was a few years later the robin thick thing but i i think that arguably people should have pressed the pressure to known even better to yeah not do no, yeah, you're and, right and, and I, different... I always thought it was mental wasn't it when that yeah. came out that's that a very good point and, diff- um, and, and 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 when you say different genre and all that yeah but that that's hypocrisy as well isn't it i mean that that those are my points really it's it's mm. it's I, I i really don't want to come across as defending this album at all because i'm really not um, I just think uh, that all of these fuckers should get in the bin, really. Not not just Louis Louis the the fourteenth, fifteenth. However, I don't yeah. even care what they're called. They're rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. But it's just this is that this is the album. This was the one that was drawn from the hat yeah. room free. Yes. Um, true, but yeah, true. Robin Thick. I mean, Robin Thick's fucking awful. But this is. I mean, uh, but trying to pick what's more kind of gross out of those two feels like a you know. Do I, I suppose, really want to put my hand that deep down the cistern? Not really. No, no. I suppose really it's just a comment on um, this whole Broken Records uh, segment of the show has been really interesting so far just to see. And I sort of knew this before we did it, but it's really reinforced that the worst the worst reviewed records aren't necessarily the worst. I, I, I haven't listened 
to the whole of Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke, I bet I like it a lot less than this record. I, I bet it's far worse than this record. Mm. Um, I almost wonder if we should throw it in t- to Broken Records, but uh, at the same time, I don't really want to listen to it. So yeah, but, um, rather not listen to it to be, yeah, honest, yeah, to be perfectly yeah, yeah, honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but, also, you know, it is quite far outside of the remit of like. Alter- I know there's true. a few, a few in there, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I just, I just thought that was an interesting point to raise. Maybe I didn't know about uh, Josh Homme and Brody Daly and um, uh, Who? David. Brody Brody Dahl, sorry. Um, Brody Delhi. I I I I I was trying to rhyme Homie and Dali and realised then stopped. Anyway, uh, <laughs> 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 um, I didn't realise that it had their pat- uh, patronage and David Bowie's patronage, and that made me go, oh, that when when that's when big bands kind of recommend an artist and then an album comes in critics do like to savage it as a result kind of thing. especially and if the it's killers they're like bezzy bezzy mates with the and killers, the killers. Yeah, seems yeah, really yeah, weird because yeah. the killers are mormons aren't they and they're really mm. religious and these guys are just basically you know as yeah. eddie murphy says when they come around my they'll fuck anything that moves when they come around my house the fish stop swimming <laughs> <laughs> eddie murphy that's great fuck you uh, uh yeah. yeah um no it's 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 fucking terrible um but yeah i just so thought... let's rank it yeah go on yes you're right it nah, is, nah, it's, just fucking it's worth winning yeah uh, uh let's rank it then renfrey whereabouts does it sit it's a bit of a difficult one it's this one, really I think. hard because the thing is musically i would i would musically i would put it sixth in between the enemy and uh Lou Reed. Lou Reed. Mm. But do I want to encourage this sort of pathetic, misogynistic, you know, lyrics taken from Tinder conversations? Bullshit. And and does that push it into the realms of being because the thing is musically, I don't think it is. Musically, there's some stuff on here which is quite good. I think it's I think most of the good stuff is on the production side of things. But, you know, yeah. w- when we've talked about um, uh, Eogan, uh, you know, and how that album is broken because the production is fucking awful because it was clearly just um, Simon Cowell trying to get as much money from this guy as possible and wanted to give him as little money as possible. It's not broken in that sense. Like it doesn't, uh, sa- the, the sonic sound of the record doesn't sound bad. The lyrics massively yeah. put you off because it's like, what are you talking about? But I don't well, know. It's difficult, isn't it? I, I I would have put, I mean, yeah, I think musically speaking, there's only Lou Reed and Bob Dylan above it and it should be Bob Dylan, Lou Reed, Louis Fourteenth, and then The Enemy. Yes. But unfortunately, Renfrey, this is like someone who's not really that bad. I mean, they always say, isn't it, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Mm. Um and very philosophical today aren't you yeah and the (laughs) weakest link on this record does drag it down a Mm. fuckload to me it probably doesn't quite drag it down to queen and paul rogers who really should know better Mm. it probably doesn't even drag it down to viva brother who have got some pretty fucking (laughs) some some problems with lyrics themselves Mm. but certainly it does jump at the very very least 
it jumps Dirty Vegas and The Enemy above it. Because whilst both of those records are not as good musically and are both very boring, this goes beyond, uh, you know, and I think composition-wise, it's not brilliant, most of it composition-wise. No, There's all true. right stuff on it. Mm. But it is dragged down to own... To, I mean, I feel bad to say, like, I'm only going to drag it down two places because of how fucking bad the lyrics are. I feel like it should really be dragged down even further than that. But that just goes to show how bad Viva Brother and Queen and Paul Rogers and the organ and Six Feet Under really are. That mm. I'm I'm willing to, like, put it fifth. You definitely convinced me that it should go at least fifth. You're starting to convince me. You're starting to make me wonder if it should go fourth. But then I don't know. Maybe that's too too far. I mean, are Viva Brother offensive? Are they actually? Do you listen to it and you go, "That is dis- that is a disgraceful." I mean, it's just they're just shit, aren't they? They're just absolutely, yeah. and they are they are shit. I mean, they are really shit. I think the Cosmos Rocks, <laughs> fucking hell. I mean, the Cosmos Rocks is that bad that I think this has got to be above it because musically the cosmos rocks is ludicrous and lyrically yeah. it's absolutely ludicrous this is ludicrous in an offensive and disgusting way um it's not ludicrous you know it, it's not a different type of ludicrous but i still think what's ludicrous got to do far. with it why do you keep bringing ludicrous into it that's what, harsh man. yeah you know a rapper well done <laughs> um <laughs> i just i just don't want you dragging his name through the mud is he one yeah, of the bad ones? He's not a Chris Brown, is he? I don't know. Like, <laughs> haven't we mentioned enough bad people <laughs> this, this week? This has been an awful podcast. Not an awful podcast, <laughs> but it's, it's been quite a seedy and horrible, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it has, yeah. It's a gritty old thing. I want it to end now. Yeah, so let's okay. decide. I, 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 I think fourth. Fourth. Oh, you're I now saying... I'm going to give Viva Brother the benefit of the doubt, and I want to put this fourth. Oh, Just for that fifth. fucking stalker song. That stalker song is unforgivable i was gonna say fifth but but yeah fair i i you know i think this is fucking abhorrent and i don't want it anywhere near me so let's put it forth yeah that's fine with me okay so there goes louis the 14th into fourth place um and i mean to give you some idea of how bad paul rogers and queen and eoggin and six feet under must be i mean six feet under we haven't even mentioned whether or not like something could even possibly possibly top them uh, i know <laughs> isn't that awful it's mad <laughs> Just I mean, how terrible it is yeah i mean yeah. we've not even considered for ages that somebody might be as bad as that that's fucking insane <laughs> absolutely fucking insane so there you go bob dylan uh lou reed the enemy dirty vegas viva brother louis 14th queen and paul rogers eogan quig six feet under will be joined next week as i reach into the hat full of shit to pick out oh funny you just mentioned him richard ashcroft united nations of sound ah a little okay. bit of richard ashcroft solo material so okay. that will be going into the rankings next week. Gross. Pretty gross, that one, it, Renfrey. Mm, yes, I'm going to go off and have a shower now. Yeah, I hope no one was eating during that because you probably been sick. Uh, anyway, thanks very much for listening to the show. As you just heard, episode 10, our next episode, will be on Richard Ashcroft's United Nations of Sound. And it's a classic. 
I think it's a classic. So you're not going to listen to that. Mm, mm. It's It's a fucking classic. Much more fun is had next week. A lot of fun is had next time, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's definitely um, running the gamut of what this show can and and can't be. So thanks very much for listening. Um, Head over now and listen to episode number 10. You'll be able to hear exactly what we're talking about. Uh, We'll be talking about Richard Ashcroft and, you know, go and douse yourself in bleach after that horrible shit that you just had to listen to um again listen to riot act our weekly review show we would appreciate that you can also sign up for some exclusive content at patreon.com forward slash riot act podcast uh but for now we will bid you adieu